Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, and whatever time of the day it is where you are, this is the podcast Beyond the Headlines with the God Squad, and of course, it is good to have all of you. Of course, I am joined today um, with our co-host, Pastor Louis Straker, Pastor Charles Galbraith, and today we're going to be talking about the black church, the virtue, the vigor, the value of the black church, and I'm sure that most of you have probably... um, you saw the uh, documentary, and we want to talk about that today. But of course, also we we have been at five hundred um, COVID deaths, and so prayers or thoughts goes out go out to all of those individuals who have lost their life. I think one year ago, um, Thursday or Friday, I saw a clip that states that that um, that one year ago, uh, one of the uh, Broadcasters on Fox, you know, I think it's Sean Hannity, mentioned that there was zero, zero, I'm saying to you all, zero death. And then one year later, we had 500,000. Um, so we know for sure that there's a lot of things that happened uh, from last year to now. This is just about the the year mark for us. For most of you, probably it was your last Sunday this past weekend uh, that you had service. I know that this past weekend would have been um, our last Sabbath service that we had at church, and now it's a year later. Um, so we're going to be looking back again at the vigor, the virtue um, of the value of the and the value of the black church. And if you did not have an opportunity uh, to watch the PBS documentary, I am going to suggest that you do so. Um, so right after we 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 have, I'm going to give you a taste of what the PBS. Um, the American Broadcast Service uh, System did with Dr. Gates on the Black Church. Um, I think that you should definitely, if you have not, uh, take a look at it to, to please do so as soon as possible. But here it is. The Black Church has been the seminal force in shaping the history of the African American people. The history of the Black Church explores the rich complex and nuanced history of faith since our ancestors arrived on these shores all the way to the 21st century. The church gave people a sense of worthiness. I don't know how we could have survived as a people without it. To tell this story adequately, I turned to major leaders of the black church and major social figures in our country, including my friends John Legend and Oprah Winfrey, Yolanda Adams, Pastor Shirley Caesar, Kirk Franklin, and a host of scholars across the country. We had to have some individual and institutional armor in order to preserve our sanity. Music's really the language of the black church. Spirituals and gospel are woven into the foundation of the church. The role of music in the black church is everything. It sets the tone for how you will feel when the word comes forth. Women are the backbone of the church. People need to know that before it was Martin's dream, it was Prathia's prayer. Women were preaching, they were teaching. They were fighting for our political rights outside of the church, but also fighting for their rights to preach within the church. We were very quick to address racism, but very slow to address sexism. At critical moments in our history, you will find the church at the center of our collective life playing a pivotal role of anchoring our people and inspiring them to greatness. Yes, that that is definitely true. Um, so, so what are your thoughts on on, on that? Any one of you like um, that is definitely a powerful rendition um, of the Black Church. So, I would consider that both of you in Black churches, right? Mm-hmm. I would say. No, who? <laughs> Anybody? Somebody? <laughs> I'm in a church. I'm in a church with a lot of black people. <laughs> but but culturally speaking, though, like the flavor, the food, um, the history, um, I would say for the most part, the theology, you don't come to this work um, dealing with gun violence on this level, um, dealing with social justice, uh, because they taught it to you um, 
in Sabbath school at Seventh Day Adventist as you grew up, or or um, Pastor Charles growing up Baptist. Um, I, I think all of what you are today stem from the the culture of the Black Church, um, just the teachings, the traditions, everything, subject matters, how you frame um, the world today. I think so. I mean, because I'm in a church with a lot of black folks here too, but I would still consider it the black church, even though it's Caribbean. I, I think I'm in agreement, Pastor, Pastor Monroe. Uh, I, I am a product of the black church and I serve as a pastor here in the black church. Now, when I say black church, I think that we kind of, and I think uh, Yates does a wonderful job in the documentary of of sharing about this, as well as others begin to share about this. Um, I, I think because of who we are and the experiences that we have, I would also classify our other brothers, the black church as well, because I don't think just black is the color of who we are, but it's also the experience that we go through uh, and the measuring and the connection that we have towards not just uh, communicating a message on a Sunday, but rather it being lived out throughout the entire week to say that what we speak and preach is actualized in the daily lives of our people, that we don't have an option not to speak about injustice. We don't have an option not to speak about issues uh, concerning public policy, that they say that there's churches uh, that have uh, uh, various people in them, that they never touch on the policies or the issues or concerns of that day. But to say that we believe the gospel speaks to that as well as we embody that within the gospel. So I'm, 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 I'm a product of, of the black church. I love the black church. I love the hum of a Hammond B3. I love the swall of a preacher. I love the sway of the choir. I, lo- I love uh, even, even even just the, the feel of how folks uh, get together in fellowship and connection. And I think that it's particularly important um, uh, uh, within this country, but also within various countries, because uh, in the United States, it was the only institution fully owned and run by black people. Before it was the first institution that we we, we ran. Before there was uh, any banks, and before there was uh, any law firms or schools or anything else, uh, it was the black church. And many of these other institutions found their genesis within the black church. Our uh, HBCUs, mm-hmm. uh, our other institutions of higher higher learning, uh, banks, yes, uh, well. opportunities for for for, de- for development were found within the the black church. And so I think which is distinctive about the black church is this integrative framework of community development. And I still believe that the black church can help lead the country uh, back towards uh, the things of God because it's a full integration of who we are with what we experience, that my daily life and living throughout the week is not divorced from my uh, spiritual formation and development that takes place from, from the Correct. word of God. So that's that's why uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the black church as well as a uh, product of the black church. You know, I, I take a... a a different view when I when I hear the word black church, you know it's it's a, it's a term that I don't really like to hear uh, concerning. Well, I, you know the the church in itself uh, is not designed to be a black church, a white church. Uh, we're talking about a church that is a place where all people are welcome, and unfortunately, uh, we've created a, a situation where we have people that divide themselves based upon race. And then the church has now in itself uh, become more of a reflection of society where it was never designed to be that. And so what we have now is uh, black church and, and white church and, and Latino there, church there no and all of these church. churches. And, and so what happens is, you know, it's almost necessary because if you really think about it, the church is designed to deal with a holistic ministry, the mind, the body, the soul. And when we begin to think about uh, what it takes to pay attention to some of the issues and the problems that people are dealing with from a holistic perspective, there is no other entity that's going to be focused on on uh, our issues than the people that look like us. So in essence, you end up creating something that is seen as the black church. And so it's necessary. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm just saying this is not the church that uh, Jesus designed us to be. And unfortunately, due to racism, we have been forced into this area where 
we have to now label ourselves as such to deal with the issues that we deal with on a daily basis. And so it's just, I, I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's necessary. I just hate the divide. But when you think about the role of the black church, quote unquote, before you uh, go there, I want to I want to yeah. talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna jump in there too, man. Uh, go go ahead, Gil. <laughs> yeah. So so it, it, the the thing is that how did this come about? And I know your point on this preference, you're gonna move to another level. Like um, you so you see the need of the black church, but your first initial point is you don't really like that terminology. Uh, because it shows a divide within the country, but but at the same time, don't forget you also have denominations as well. And what are denominations is also a divide. Some people like to do one thing, some people like to do something else. Take for instance, like I'm a Sabbath keeper, um, um, and I look at things in a different way. So not that it, it's because then you'll have to also look at the fact that you have to say, well, well, we don't really like denominations because people are going to be attracted to where they feel like their spirituality is centered and anchored. So I think that the black church came out of necessity for a people who was longing to be connected with God. So it's not just something like we decide like, okay, I mean, I don't like Charles theology, therefore I'm going to split from Clarendon Road and I'm going to create something different, is that we didn't have anything at all. So we had to create it and craft something within that same religion who held the people down came out of this experience. So it's different from like we like there was a choice. There was no choice. Right. No, I agree. We had no choice. We had to do this. Like I said, there was nobody else going to deal with our issues other than us. But then but this the is... premise of the fact that mm-hmm. if you don't like that terminology, you have to go back to, to, to the point that says, well, it's not really us who brought this on this way so it's not we were forced to be uh in this category i agree yeah no i agree we were forced into this situation and and it has created a divide which has allowed the body to be fragmented and with the body being fragmented uh we lose power voltron is strongest when it all comes together and so uh, when we have these fragments, fragments. It, it hurts us as, as a body. We don't have the same power that Christ intended when he created his church. And so what happens is we, we fall into areas, and this is one of the things when I watch this uh, documentary, we fall into areas that become very dangerous because now the church almost appears that it has been filtered through democratic eyes, the will of the people. So based upon what the desires of the people are, the church is expected to address those things. And we fall into, if you watch the documentary, as it went along in part two, you begin to realize there's some, there's some murky waters that we now have to ask, how far does the church go? How far do we get involved in certain issues? Is it about the will of the people and the desires of, of, of the people and the needs of every single need? What does that line up with the word of God? And so I look at these things and, and, and it's a slippery slope when, when, as we move forward, uh, thinking about where we are as a church. I don't know if you saw the documentary. I thought it was a great documentary. But as you saw the, the evolution of the church, you have to ask yourself, how far are we going with this? and what is expected of the black church to address certain social issues. But it, as you said, it is absolutely necessary to have this because there are issues that uh, God is concerned with that concern black people that only a black congregation or a predominantly black congregation would be concerned about. And we have to exist. And we unfortunately have to have this term called black church where we have to meet the needs of people that look just like us. Pastor Galbraith, what you got to say? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hearing, I'm hearing your heart, uh, Pastor Drake, and I think I agree with you in the premise of what you're, what you're arguing. I think I need to go back with some definition dynamics to say what I'm distinguishing concerning what I'm saying, the black church. I, I want to note and say that just because black people are in a church, I don't want to classify it as a black church. Correcto. 
um, I, I, I want to I make that distinction because uh, I think that there's certain specifics of uh, the black church that are needed. And I, so I want to take, take the framework of black going back to the basis of theologian James Cone, where he talks about uh, God is black, right? In the sense that not literal black, but in the sense of from the margins of what is of society, from what has been discluded, what has been isolated, which has been uh, pushed aside, that's where God tends to show up and to speak. And so even from the framework of Jesus, that's what he calls Jesus black, and people get offended because they think he's talking about literal black as opposed to the framework of sociologically in that framework of someone who's been marginalized, someone who is uh, uh, a minority within, within an empire, someone who has been uh, marginalized, someone who is a victim of Roman police brutality, someone who has uh, got warrants, right? Somebody who has all these, all these, all these challenges, but yet in the midst of that, God shows up, you know, in the fullness of who he is with this, with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. So when I'm talking about black church, I'm talking about the framework of marginalized. And I don't think that you can really be a black church if you do not have a prophetic edge. And so that's what I'm I'm talking about, prophetic in regards to speaking uh, to the systems and structures that are broken and bringing forth a vision of transformation from, from uh, from the kingdom of God. I think when there are people who are black, who are in churches, who are just, you know, once again, bowing down to an empire. (laughs) who are bowing bowing, bowing down to a structure and bowing down to even just cultural, you know, myopic Christianity that is is fine for Sunday, but that has no influence or impact in people's lives. I I don't think that that's what I'm I'm, I'm classifying when I'm talking about a black church. I'm thinking I'm talking about a black church is that you're bringing your full self, not only into that church space where you're having a gathering, whether on Saturday or Sunday, Mm -hmm. but rather you're bringing your full self into discipleship throughout the entire, entire week that we didn't have the they didn't, uh, particularly those who uh, came to the United States, didn't have the option, right, to, to worship in uh, beautiful sanctuaries, but All they right. had to worship as they worked and worship as they, 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 they went forth. And their worship was connected to their very framework of liberation and freedom. And so uh-huh. a call for when, when they looked at the text of scripture, they said, hold on, when we read Exodus, we see something where we are not designed to be in the, in the midst of this. And yet we have, we have uh, allowed, I think, um, not only black churches, but just even American church in general uh, has uh, become uh, has has had an issue in regards to who we are and what we're called to be. I think that there is a misdiagnosis that we 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 have an issue concerning our theology in regards to who we are, in regards to empire, in regards to politics, in regards to bowing down to power and strength, as opposed to uh, what I believe is the true black church, which is speaking through the margins, uh, particularly speaking for those who cannot speak for themselves. When I look at the text of scripture and look at all the texts that, that speak about those who are on the margins of society, those who have been left out, then we find that Israel is judged, yes, because they disobey God, but also because they have not uh, cared for the widows, the orphans, and those who are on, on the margins of society. And God judges them for that. And God doesn't see a distinctive. When you are not worshiping God correctly and entering into idolatry, you automatically find that there's a neglect for those who are poor, those who are orphans, those who are widows. Jesus does the same thing. He call, calls calls the folks out concerning those who, who are who are not to caring for those who are on the poor, that you said, uh, what is best to do to give your tithe of, of mint and garlic? a barley or to care for the world. Jesus says, do both, right? That it's this holistic framework. And I think that uh, the particularly because of how it was formed, because of how it was formed, the black church has a specific message of prophetic correction that is needed for our world today. And I also say that to say, you can be white, you can be Asian, you can be Latino and part of the black church. <laughs> that, that, that's what that's my that's my my, my my argument. But my argument is it's the lens from which we approach and confront our society. Uh, because I, I say that to say some of our other brothers and sisters who may look like us or may not look like us disagree with our interaction in regards to gun violence, disagree with how we uh, in, engage with the systems and structures because they don't believe that's the role of the church. But we come from a particular tradition born out of this black church tradition to say, no, it is not an option for us to address the issues that are affecting our community and context. We find that it's biblically rooted and we find that we're, we're called, called to do it. And so as a result of that, that's the, that's the connection of, of the black church that I'm, I'm speaking of and sh- sharing uh, concerning. So I hope, hope that provides a little bit of clarity concerning it. No, that's a, that's yeah. a wonderful uh, uh, synopsis. And, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. 
you know, I just, I just would love to see the church on a whole addressing these issues. Like mm-hmm. in, in the midst of all that's been happening, especially last year with uh, the summer of George Floyd and all of these racial injustice that was highlighted, many of us were asking, where's the voice of uh, some of our white brethren? Where's the voice of some of the other churches that are out there? And it is necessary that the church on a whole deal with some of the things that we are pointing out that are black issues and not just left over to an area where we say that this, the black church has to highlight this. I think all of the church needs to be involved with social injustice, all of the church. And I think once we need to put pressure on the church as a whole, because if it's just a black church issue, then, then we're only concerned with what deals with us. And then when it's a white church issue, it's only what deals with a white church. I think the division has hurt us as a body but I agree with you wholeheartedly that it is necessary because there's nobody else uh, that's going to focus on us like us. And so if that includes white people, that in- includes Asian people, God bless them. Uh, we need more people focusing on those who have been oppressed and those who have been downtrodden and, and subjugated in society. So, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just wish that the body was more united yeah. because we're stronger together. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree. I agree with you, Pastor Stryker. My only only a pushback with that is that I think that in this season, I, I know how I grew up. We, we were many times led by white evangelical church leaders, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's just in this season uh, there needs to be a bit of humility <laughs> from other church traditions to say, now you need to be led in a prophetic season. There's different seasons for different moments. In this season, you need to be led from what has been developed and equipped over the, the, the centuries from the black church for this season, because obviously they're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. They're not prepared, no, they're not. prepared how to handle, handle this. But guess what? We have a whole history and legacy of black church that knows how to address this. And if you feel as though, each, and, and I'm going to get in trouble, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and, 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 if, and if, you're, if you feel as though this is not the role of the church, we have to question, we have to question, are, are, are you really seeking and understanding what the church is? And are you really part of the church? Uh-huh. And, and I, I'm, I know I get in trouble with this. And no, I'm no, talking no. about this in black church. No, but I, I'm, I have a question in regards to our churches that are present and are inactive to say, if Jesus Christ came, would he snuff out your candlestick? Ah. Would, 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 you, would, would you still be here? Because is your light <laughs> shining? Right, right? right. Or or is it being covered for only the convenient few? I think what has been powerful black the black church is while it is but it's still the majority majority of people in the church are black, it has always been a radically welcoming place for many, many folks from different backgrounds from and has influenced so much that has been done in regards to even our framework of America and framework of music, framework of just how we interact and, and, and develop. I think it's time for the black church not to be silent, but to lead. And with humility, I think it's for our other brothers and sisters to say, OK, maybe we there's some things we can learn from this experience as well. And before uh, Pastor Monroe jumped back in, I, you know, I agree with you. And the question the question is, and then probably a different uh, podcast that we need to get on, mm-hmm. but the question is, can we, can we, uh, there, this is a season that, again, Pastor Galbert, I agree that the, the, the black church or black church leaders should be able to take the forefront. Can we as a church embrace black leadership? Can, can we have Ooh. black leaders that are leading uh, a movement with uh, white people uh, in there as well. I think that's a whole nother topic that we need to uh, I th- discuss. I think, that's a, I think that's an important topic, but I think that's that I actually think is what was happening this summer. That's why I got excited about what we were seeing this summer is because it was indigenous people, black people who were leading a movement and with, with and what we saw and witnessed and other uh, folks, our white brothers and sisters, Asian brothers and sisters, Latino brothers and sisters, uh, joining in within that movement to say, "Okay, we're 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 on we're on board," and to say that's not to say that we always we don't pass the mic either, right? <laughs> that we, we, right. We, we, if there's another issue going on taking place, that we don't pass the mic. But I, I think what I'm pushing back against is the always the default to the majority cultural dynamic of church to say this is the only way church can be, and anything outside of this is 
uh, is uh, illegitimate. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm saying that that's what they have been saying uh, yeah. in regards to uh, our voices and speaking into these areas and issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and I want to, yeah. So listen, you you are just in the middle of uh, um, beyond the headlines with uh, Pastor Gilman Rose, Pastor Charles, um, Pastor Ch- Charles Galbraith, and Pastor Louis Straker. Uh, we are talking about uh, the the virtue, the vigor, and the value of the Black Church. And I want to um, play uh, this small clip by Pastor John. Uh, Kilpatrick, who said that God will avenge black Americans. And I think that this is a white pastor who is now um, speaking at this level. So let's take a listen. Right quick. I think back on the African-American people in America. I think how they were taken against their wills, put in the belly of ships, brought over here, beat, cussed. Many of them died in the guts of those ships thrown overboard. They were pulled from families over there. You ain't never heard a gut-wrenching song you hear a black person sing one of those old black Negro spirituals. Nobody knows. I can't sing it like that, see? Because I hadn't experienced what they be. When you've experienced hell, it comes out of the voice. I said, when you experience hell, it comes out of the voice. If you're one of those people that you got problem with black people or whatever, you better shut your mouth because they're God's people. You better hear what I'm saying to you. You better, shut your, you better shut your white mouth. You better shut your white mouth. I'm not kidding you. I know some of you was raised in the deep south and you was raised by prejudiced people and bigoted people. You better get that out of your system. You better get it out of your system. It'll cause you to suffer right along with those masters. It'll cause you to suffer right along with them. These are God's people. And I know that there's wicked and white races and wicked and black races and all that. I'm not justifying none of that stuff. I'm just saying God knows what happened to the black race. He knows how they wound up over here. And God is going to reimburse the black people for all their trouble and all their labor. You watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you. All right. (laughs) Um, You better shut your white mouth. You surely gotta shut your white mouth. No, no, no. You see, I don't think the opposite of the black church is a white church. I I don't think so. I think that 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 is not is not like one or two. I think that the black church is just the black church is just necessary to fill a void because without racism, without segregation, um, we wouldn't have a black church. We'd just have a church. But it fills that particular gap because on the fringes of of those who have been disenfranchised. And on the basis of Luke 4, 16, when Jesus, you know, the Messiah stand up and say, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he gives you the detailed idea of those that are blind, those that are in captive. Um, so these are the things that really and truly, you know, birth and raise a black church. But this is a white pastor saying now, as we were talking about leading, saying, I think that's the message of a black church in a white church, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, he's talking about the fact that um, those who are racist, who have white privilege, should check the white privilege because of the experience of the black, the blacks in America. Now, I don't know if he watched the documentary, but this just came out. So I'm assuming that there is a progression. And based on some of the comments that I saw on Facebook, it seemed like this brother, uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick, have been on this line for a long time. But this, if you saw, if you see the video, the church is full of white folks. I don't know if there's one black folks and uh, one black people, one person in there. It could be. Uh, uh, but that message would sound, if, if you have a black pastor who said the very same thing in a black church, the response will definitely be different. If, if you, any one of us go up and say, listen, you better shut your white mouth. Do you think that'll come out good? You think so? 
I, I, don't think, of, I, don't, I don't think that would come out good. But I would say, I, I and I, I, in regards to this, that there is a particular dynamic of when people are go through suffering mm-hmm. that God shows up, right? That, that God shows up in in the face of suffering when they cry out, cry out to Him. And so I think that's what He's articulating that in the midst of. Uh, painful experiences, you see that these are people who have spent time with God because they've made it through and they've made it over and they're still singing and still praising yeah. and still worshiping the Lord because they've been through an experience. And so I think that, that that's what's what, what I'm drawing drawing from that in regards to uh, what, he, what he's speaking to to say that there's been an experience, there's been a, a, a detailed uh, trauma that they folks have gone through and they have seen that God has been faithful mm-hmm. in the midst of that. And so as a result, there's a particular and peculiar way that they praise. There's a particular and peculiar way that they worship, that they connect with God, because it's not just uh, intellectual exercise. It's not just something uh, that's ethereal, but rather it's something that folks have experienced and gone through and they know deep in their bones that God is real. And so right. that there's something that's distinct about that. Uh-huh. And so that's why I, I, I'm suggesting, uh, and, and let me be very clear, I believe that when we're called to heaven, that there won't be denominations, there won't be black church, there won't be white, white, white church, Asian church, Latino church. But what we will we'll see is that every tribe, tongue, and nation will be gathered around. Now, I still think that there will be distinctives because God created us who we are. And I love who I am. I love me, my whole black self. And so that's why I said, that's why the text says in Revelation, every tribe, tongue and nation. So there's distinction, right? Mm -hmm. But you can have distinction without division. And so here, here, here we, we, we find that as, as we're all called to be together, but yet we find in this place where we are here on on uh, in, in the United States, in America, in the history and trauma that's been here, there is a need in this moment for the American church to be discipled by the black church, for them to learn some dynamics of biblical faithfulness, but also the integration of justice uh, in a practical way in regards to how we live our lives. And, and I also think, too, that um, when you look at it as well, um, you know, there's a lot of churches that say that they're multicultural, they're multi-generational, um, and they're also... <laughs> Come on, let me hear you. <laughs> what? Just because you have people of color, of multiple colors in your church doesn't make you multicultural. Okay, so, so this is what I'm going to get at, right? Multicultural and multi-ethnic. But there is a difference because um, just like this, um, you know, Brother Pastor John uh, Kilpatrick, as he's speaking in this cultural church that is predominantly white, um, now he's speaking issues that is aligned with the black people or the black race or the black experience. His church is not a black church and he can speak about those issues, uh, uh, but he probably went out on a limb to say that two-minute segment. I'm telling you, because I don't think that everyone in that congregation agrees with everything that he said, because that church is not a, they don't understand the black experience. Uh, so, because don't forget now, you could, you could be racist and Christian, right? <laughs> you could be a, a, a KKK and Christian, and that's why the black church again came up, because the KKK is the one who was giving us the Bible, putting us in slavery, sleeping with our wives um, and our sisters, and then, you know, telling would, you what to I would, preach. I would question that type of Christianity. I would, I would, I would question it as, as Frederick Douglass uh, 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 lifted up to say, of this type of Christianity, I want no part. <laughs> no part whatsoever. But but in that in that in that framework, uh, they they would never speak to the issue and the plight um, of of the black people. So not because you have a a mix of individuals going to a church or attending a church makes it a multi a, a multi ethnic church or multicultural church. Because if if there's only one dominant culture that you have, I'm talking about in the leadership. If the if the culture that you have on the leadership is never going to address social justice. I mean, how difficult it have been for, for churches like Hillsong and those type of churches, those those framing of churches, to speak on the issues of racial justice. I, I remember that there was one church, I think it's Hillsong in New York City, who had the, 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 the leader retract the statement around uh, the issue of politics just because they talked about um, seeing the need of Black Lives Matter 
or, or something around that area in, in the summer of George Floyd. So, so, so the necessity of the black church um, is definitely powerful in our experience. And I think that there's another thing that you said, Pastor Stricker, that we probably should look at too as well, is that how far do we go addressing the needs of society? And, but because I think that we should address all the needs of society. Now, the church does not have to frame a theology to fit that because I believe that there is, there is no issue that is outside of the scope of the Word of God. Um, we, we know that perilous times shall come. We know that perilous times are here. It, it gives us in the book of Matthew chapter 24 uh, a glimpse of what is coming at the end. It says that there's three things that is going to happen. You're going to have deception, you're going to have diseases, and you'll have um, uh, uh, disasters. Now, you don't have to list every single disaster in the world, but we know that there's a wide framework that the Bible gives us that could kind of like lead us through uh, the idea of the end time. And, and I think that we should be addressing, you know, a lot of the issues that we have, but we should not be co-opted uh, to, 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 to fit uh, the, the word of God into an issue. We should look at the issue from the word of God. So, so what did you see um, at the ending of the documentary that speak to the fact that we probably was going on a slippery slope with issues that we need to address from the social context? Well, I, you know, I, I, I looked at the evolution of the black church, um, especially post-civil rights, the first civil rights era. And what happened was they started talking about how the church transformed uh, into uh, some of the issues of the day that the people wanted addressed. And so when you begin to look at the church from its inception, again, I have to go back to what Jesus created. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Uh, the, the activities of Jesus, we talked about Luke 4 and, and uh, uh, his, his statement there from Isaiah 61. And, and uh, we begin to realize the role of the church dealing with those that are oppressed, those that are are poor, those that are downtrodden. And we, we realize that the church has a responsibility to deal with those issues. But then when you begin to get into areas and, you know, I don't know how far we want to go into the discussion on this, but uh, the areas of transgender, when you get into the areas of homosexuality and, and we begin to uh, mm -hmm. decipher between civil rights issues of uh, people's uh, human dignity as as human beings, mm -hmm. uh, and then championing those things for human rights in the civil rights era. It now takes a different twist when we start looking at the Word of God and start looking at uh, other topics such as transgender, uh, other topics in terms of homosexuality and these kinds of things. And of course, uh, I believe, like you said, there are things that we need to speak up on. We We should speak up against uh, um, uh, hate crimes against the transgender. We yes, should speak up definitely. against mm -hmm. how uh, 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 some of the folks are treated from uh, from uh, you know homosexuals and, and LGBT. That how they are treated in society. We should speak up about the human dignity of all people, no matter what their race or gender sure. is. But then, if there's the expectation of the church to also champion. Uh, uh, their their cause and their beliefs, it now brings about this murky, uh, this line of, okay, how far do we go? Do, do, do we now uh, alter the word of God? Do we, where do we stand theologically concerning those, those matters? So those are the things that I saw in terms of where we go as a church, because now it's, it's, it's almost expected that the church, the black church, uh, be seen as those that champion the will of the people. And so it mm. becomes a black issue, then it should become the black church issue. And and those are some of the areas that I, I feel like if we go too far, we now begin to violate some of the very things that Jesus built his church upon and, and called his church to be. Yeah, and, and, and I think, Joe, that that, that as well, um, that, that experience is not germane to the black people to the black movement, to, to blacks in, in America. Even though blacks, you would have some trans or some gay blacks. But I don't think that when you look at building on the black church and the concept of the black church, I think that that is not specific to the black people, right? That's that's separate. So I, I would say that, that again, 
what brought us to this point is the way that we were treated for the color of our skin, not, not our sexual orientation, the color of our skin. It was treated the fact that we were slaves, um, we were looked at less as human being. So that should still be the focus of, of the church. Um, and what you will find now is that you have some uh, blacks, of course, who um, is probably within their lifestyle. So they're vouching for that with their experience as well, feeling like they're downtrodden. But, but I, I believe that the central theme of the black church and the church should be that we are, we are, we are segregated because of who we are, the color of our skin, um, the fact that we were, we were enslaved and we were considered to be less than a, a human being. And then there are systems that were put in place specifically to prevent us from progressing forward. I think that is the central theme of, of the uh, message of the black church. I would, I would agree, but I also will will say say it on this point. I think we maybe need a whole other section for the LGBTQIA di- dynamic. But yes. what, what I, w- I would suggest is because not just the black church, but just church in general, failed to communicate truth and love. Because we have failed with that, that as a result, what hap- happens is there's an expectation that if I say something against, then it's automatically hate. Because we have not practiced uh, um, Who, the, the process black church? of our, 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 our communication. The, the black church, sir? Yes. Oh, because yes. the black church was the one who have been trodden down for all of these years. I mean, we were supposed to be showing love and affection. I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, and that's, that's why I think that that's where it should be a whole nother. I think we have a, need to have a whole nother discussion in, in, in <laughs> regards to that, in regards to lessons we learned and then yeah. what do we do right. for? But right. I understand uh, 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 strike his point, but I also want to go back, and I'm not sidestepping, but I do want to go back to say I think what the church has also taken faithfully, and this is why I talk about the Black Church has mm-hmm. taken faithfully, is Matthew 25. Right. This this under, understanding of, and I don't I don't think many times people preach of it in other church context, context or, or dynamics concerning the sheep and the goats, right? When Jesus said, you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me, right? Was it visiting the sick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being with those who are in, in, in prison, giving food to, 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 to those who are hungry, clothing those who are naked. He said, we do it to me, to the least of these, you do it unto me. But then sometimes we miss it, right? We miss it. Uh, and I think the, the black church takes it uh, seriously that this has in, eternal consequences, Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's, he's, he's the sheep and the goats. Right. He says, listen, for the sheep, you've done it right. Go into eternal you know, salvation yeah. for, for the goats. Eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because you have not cared for the least of these. This uh, I say in my church this way, this Caribbean context. I say that, that the sheep get saved. The, the goats get curried. Right. That is true. <laughs> this is, but this is part of the gospel. It's not a side part of the gospel. It's not ancillary. It's not something you put onto it. This is part of the gospel. The Jesus saying that if you're saying that you believe in me, that you believe in the power of salvation, then it is not an option for you not to care for the least of these. Mm-hmm. And as the black church, I think that we have been in the leading direct direction concerning that. And those who have not done that, then that's why I question, are you really a black church or are you just a church that has black people in it? Right. And I think that that's the, the movement that can help disciple the entire church to get our, our focus back and get us out of this contamination, co-opted framework of empire that's about, and, and when I say that, I mean that many times when, when, what we see in the American church is this, it's this me reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's about me. It's about my needs. It's about my own self. It's many times it's more self-help than gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about 10 steps to that and five steps to, to this. But it's about just improving you instead of understanding that our, our, our job, when we our, our responsibility when we come to church and to worship God is it, it is part of improving us. But the primary worship is to God. Right. If, if God is not the center of the, 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 the of the God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, are not the center of what we're doing, then all those other things are we're, we're missing. And I think that we have been co-opted by this idea of what someone has called the cult of being nice, that we think Christianity is just supposed to be nice. We're supposed to be polite and supposed to smile and do good things for people. And that's and instead of seeing it, it's the power of God uh, to bring down the strongholds, not just of those that we see uh, presently, but also spiritual strongholds of white supremacy, of structural racism, of the things that have torn apart this country, that we mm-hmm. should be the ones who are calling it out and seeing this transformation take place. 
Dr. Garbert, I agree with you 100%. You know, I'm more of a middle of a road when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, You know, I I believe that we've kind of lost the balance of what the church has been called to be and called to do. I think we've lost the balance uh, between Matthew 25 and Matthew 28. I think we, there's the danger of us becoming so socially conscious that we we have lost the kingdom conscious uh, to, yes, be concerned about the least of these and, and the work that we have to do to reach the those that are poor, those who are in prison and these kinds of things. But also, I think we've lost also the balance of understanding Matthew 28 and helping save people for eternity. So, yes, we can't talk about the kingdom and we have not met the social needs of the people. But at the same time, we can't be so socially minded that we forget about their eternal salvation as well. What profit a man that he gain a bowl of soup and he loses his soul? What profit a man That's that he gets a turkey too? at Thanksgiving and, and he loses his, 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 his salvation? And so I think there has to be an even balance between Matthew 25 uh, and Matthew 28, because the truth is, you don't have to be a, a, a church in order to do some of the things that you see in Matthew 25. You could just be a community organization. Mm-hmm. You could just be socially minded. But to do Matthew 28, that's the role of the church. And so, I, you know, I would love to see more of a balance within the church where we're doing both Matthew 25 and Matthew 28, uh, reaching the people with the it- intent of helping save them for eternity well. And my, my, my thing that I look at the, the, the black church, that in many ways, because we are so downtrodden, we have so many needs, we've been more focused on the social needs of people and not necessarily the eternal uh, consequences of, of their life and their actions. That's just my view. Yeah, no problem. And um, I think that's a positive view as well. Uh, we have to stay the course and stay uh, balanced. We just have a few moments remaining. Um, we didn't really get to the vaccine <laughs> or anything else. We got to do a part two tomorrow. <laughs> but um, let's just uh, take the, the next few minutes just to, to talk about the um, the virtue of the black church, the importance of it when it comes to um, even in this pandemic, right? So, you know, we, we've been talking locally in, in our state, in New York, uh, that our churches are not considered to be deemed essential. Um, I don't know if you, you guys just want to just uh, briefly touch on that, and then uh, we, we will close uh, the, this uh, podcast for, for this segment. Well, I can go first, man. I, you know, this, this whole idea of churches and... Uh, the question of it being essential. I mean, I'm sure we all know that the churches are essential. It's the most essential entity here on earth, but the the designation by uh, those in government, uh, unfortunately, they they overlook what we do. Uh, I think about what we do is uh, when our church is here, since the pandemic has opened, we have been on the ground. We've probably done more work in the midst of the pandemic than uh yeah. than ever before we yeah. we have really been doing what god requires of us and meeting the needs of people uh since the pandemic our food pantries have been you know working over overworked uh we, we've been handing out the ppes and when uh we've been dealing with you know the mental health issues and emotional issues and the spiritual issues of people going through the pandemic uh, we some of our churches have been COVID uh, uh, testing sites, and uh, even now the, the, the discussion about you know using us to disseminate the vaccine and uh, administer the vaccine. But yet there's this big question about us being essential, and I don't understand how the most trusted voices in our community could not be considered uh, essential. And so we really need to talk about this, and uh, uh, and this d- provides its own segment by itself. But you know, Pastor yeah. Darbert, what what are your thoughts? Listen, I 100% agree with you, Pastor Straker. Listen, the church, the Black Church, and the church in general has been essential from its founding. 
Mm-hmm. Guess what? Before there was an America, there was a church. <laughs> Before there was a governor, governor or mayor or senators, there was the church. And so we have been essential. And listen, they need to get it together and designate us because we all know they call us when they need us. Mm-hmm. They call us when there needs to be. And we always open our doors. But guess what? Whether they're going to uh, acknowledge it, they need to acknowledge it or not. We've kept on being essential. Like I, I know both, both both of you, both of your churches, my church included, has not shut down in the midst of the pand- pandemic. We shut down for gathered worship experiences, but we haven't shut. We're busier, as Pastor Stryker said, busier now than ever. And people before, listen, before they call their their doctors many times, mm. before before they call their their their, their uh, elected officials, before they call the in regards to, we get calls every single day about issues concerning landlord tenant stuff being uh, thrown out. Folks trying to get food, folks trying to get uh, shelter and direction, folks uh, getting advice, treating what they should trust. We have been here. And guess what? We're going to keep on being here. And I know people don't like me to talk like this either, but after there's America, right? After there's still going to be a church. There's still, right. still going, going to be, be, be a church, and we're still yes. going to be doing the will, will, will and purpose of, of the Lord as we can see, continue to see uh, the, the kingdom kingdom advance. So they can designate us how they're going to designate us. We're going to be uh, continue to be essential. And we know where the people go. When there's needs, yep. when there's issues, when there's concerns, the people come to the house of the Lord. And I think that it should be that way. I think that the church should be the center of our communities. I think that it should be the foundation of the communities. That's one of the, also one of the things I think is unique about the black church is that it was the central place, Mm -hmm. right, of all communal life, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's something that the broader church can learn to say to allow the church should be the central part. This is something I say in my my congregation. I said, uh, everything that we stand in need of should be found in the house, Mm -hmm. right? You you should be able to get your whatever the assistance you need, housing you need uh, uh, in regards to uh, employment, in regards to uh, an attorney to help you need, you need a doctor. There ought to be, because that's that's not, as as Pastor Stryker lifted up, that's not just a a, 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 a social economic thing. That's a kingdom thing, right? That's that's a kingdom thing where we're all all on one accord. That's what Acts looks like, where we're all on one accord, connected together, and we can see all this. And I like what Acts says. It says, and no one had a need, Woo! Yes. right? Yeah. They, they yeah. all together, and nobody had a need. And so that's what I think what the, what the church should look like. And so we'll allow the government to do what they need to do. They need to do their responsibility. We're not letting them off the hook. We're going to keep on blowing this spot up and advocating. But while they get it together, we're going to keep on doing the work on the ground. Keep on keeping on the virtue, the vigor, and the value of the black church. So thank you, brothers, so much. And we really appreciate your voice, uh, your vigor, and your value, um, not only to the black church, but to America on a whole. So we are very grateful to all of you. And, of course, you know, um, you can look through our other podcasts. We have a lot of interesting subjects and titles um, we have discussed so many things from gun violence to to um, um, the spike in the violence, the firecrackers. Uh, we have talked about the global pandemic. We have talked about the racial um, injustice. We have talked about the great divide over uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, we've just had so many great conversations. So we really um, thank you all uh, for joining us on this other podcast. God bless you all, and we'll see you again next time.